Mabuff Hello and welcome to Movie Autopsy. I'm Paul Culliver. And I'm Anthony McCormack. They're back. The Avengers have reassembled. Joss Whedon is back writing and directing. Whether you see it as the end of a phase or the blossoming out of the Marvel Universe, the name of the movie we're doing today, Avengers Age of Ultron. Avengers Age of Ultron, the second Avengers, the 60 millionth Marvel movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, we've just been to see it. Oh, man. Oh, wow. I was... It was good. It was good for me. Was it good for you, Anthony? I enjoyed it. Oh, wow. I enjoyed... I was vibrating between two frequencies. I don't want yeah. to get new age on you. But uh, one frequency was a lot of people saying... A lot of early buzz, early reviews saying there's too much in there. There's oh. a lot of flavors. There's so much going on. And, um, and you leave a little bit hungry. You leave saying, well, what's next? You know? There's cliffhangers. The other the other end of the spectrum, and it comes from Joss Whedon himself, and we were talking about this in the trailer autopsy, Yeah, was um, Joss saying, hey, I don't want to leave you hungry. I want to leave you satisfied. So I've gone in with, with Joss's words in my head, and I'm like, well, that must mean that he's wrapping everything up in at least some kind of bow. Mm, mm. Uh, and and with those two vibrating between those two, mm. managing my expectations, I had a really good time. Yeah, and you know what was in the middle of those two vibrations? Oh, tell me. Bit of vibranium. Well, it certainly does. That's the takeaway I it get. Bo- it, and it bonded everything together to make yeah. what I think was a pretty great movie. Now we are going to talk in depth about Avengers: Age mm-hmm. of Ultron. Uh, so there's got to be spoilers, all right? Because we're going to yeah. talk about plot points and stuff like that. But the best way for there to be no spoilers is if you've seen the movie. So go watch it. If you haven't seen it already, what, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? I mean, that's fine if you haven't seen it, but go. I feel like, stop me if I'm wrong. Shoot me in the face <laughs> if I'm lying. But I feel like uh, there are other movies like Captain America 2, which are fair, you can have spoiled for you. Whereas Avengers 2, I'm not sure it's... Spoilable. Like, it it doesn't have that big kind of twist. In, yeah, I guess that's the thing. I was kind of like getting to three quarters through the movie and kind of going, no one's like turned out to be bad that was good. Yeah. Or no one's turned out to be good that was bad or anything. There hasn't been anyone... There's, there's no been, moles. Yeah, there's no moles in this one, which, uh, I don't know, I feel like there's... I was expecting that for some reason. But we obviously had uh, Quicksilver and is it Wanda Maximoff? I don't know what her what her superpower name is. Uh, the Scarlet Witch. Ah, really? Wow. Uh, appear and initially as Ultron's... Well, initially as, as uh, I don't know who the allegiance was, the Russians, Hydra, and then Ultron. And they switch teams a lot of times in this yeah. in this movie. Let's hope we can continue. But uh, interesting, people. if people were like, oh, I've seen someone with super fast abilities in a film recently. Same character as Days of Future Past, X-Men. Yeah, two sides of the same coin. Because you were saying, and I, I couldn't remember which, but there's his mutant name, which is Quicksilver. Yeah. And his, his you know, whatever, normal name, which yeah. is Peter. And and apparently one franchise is allowed to use one name and the other franchise is allowed to use the other one. I 
It might be something like that. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. But it's interesting because basically, I think when they kind of signed on the dotted line what the licensing rules were, it was basically like if one appeared in the other stories, there's some kind of loophole where, okay, this one's allowed to be, they're allowed to appear in each because it's kind of a, yeah, through some loophole of how the stories, how the comic books portray him or whatever. I don't know. So that was kind of cool. I I really like, and, um, you know, in in recent months, we've had the Spider-Man announcement as well. I feel like the legal people are catching up legal legalities wise to the speed at which the stories are coming out. Yeah. Like we're starting to, the big test is going to be, because I think Hugh Jackman has only got a couple more Wolverine movies in him. Yeah. Well, he teased that he maybe was doing his last one. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, Wolverine versus Hulk—that's a big one in in oh, terms of. Boy. I'm not a big comic guy, but I think that's the first appearance of Wolverine. Is that he's the only one that can take on the Hulk? Who is this oh, guy? Oh wow! Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. So I like that. I was thinking about because I rewatched Avengers the other day, and I was thinking how basically we—you kind of forget the Black Widow and Hawk, Hawkeye, the yeah, Hawk. Yeah, yeah, Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Yeah, I'm getting confused. I've been watching a lot of Mash. Barton, Clint Barton. Barton. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they get introduced in Avengers. We don't know about them before that. And so I think it's kind of a similar thing with Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, was that kind of Avengers, as well as being like, hey, this whole crew that you know before, and here's a few extras. Let's introduce you to them, which is nice. There, Growing the family. There was, um, Clint, Clint Barton Hawkeye was, was a brief glimpse in Thor, the first Thor. Right, right, right. But that, I remember him on the first time you see him in the first Avengers. Where it's like, keep a close eye on it, Clint. And he's like, this is how I keep a close eye on it, by being, like, really, really yeah, far away. Yeah, from a distance, yeah. Um, I think the Black Widow maybe has a cutscene or something in another... Who remembers that Phase oh, 1? Oh, yeah, Iron Man 2. But, yeah, yeah, Phase 1 was so, so far So long away. ago. That was such a universal way. <laughs> like, like this, is, this is the interesting thing about the Marvel movie universe, is that... Uh, Black Widow drops something to Nick Fury towards the end. We're in spoiler territory, so I can say we've all seen the movie here uh, where she says, when you first sent me to recruit, you know, Dr. Banner, did you know all this was going to... And I was like, what you talking about, Willis? That was one movie ago. And then I realised one movie ago, right, this is Avengers 2, but it's actually like however however many movies in between Avengers 1 and Avengers 2. Well, I guess with uh, Captain America, Winter Soldier, Iron Man 3. Did Iron Man, did the Iron Mans get subtitles? They didn't, did they? No. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, we had Guardians of the Galaxy, and was there a fourth one in the middle? Oh, there was a Thor 2. Thor 2. Okay, so that's your four in the middle, I think. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. There was Captain America 2. You mentioned yeah, yeah, that, yeah, didn't Captain you? Yeah, yeah, Captain America 2. Yeah. So, we've had four in the middle, which I don't know what the time span's meant to be. I guess the same as the movies, so three years or something. I don't know. Mm. Um, but, yeah, we're back again. Uh, God, thrown straight into the action in, in somewhere in Russia, is it? It's a made-up, I suppose, town. Yeah. But um, kind of funny how it starts and ends in the same place, which I think is really interesting. Maybe saved on on budget a bit. Obviously, no expense spared, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, not- they were really taking care of that bottom line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, this movie's going to make so much money. Oh, it is. It's just going to be bonanzas. Bonanzas? It's not even going to be our bonanza. It's going to be bonanzas. That's how much money this movie's going to make. I feel Iron Man, before we get to any anything else, because Iron Man is the guy that started all of this. Yeah. And I thought it was very interesting that they didn't touch on- 
because at the end of the third one, he gets the thing taken out of his chest and he gets the shrapnel taken yeah, out of his yeah. chest. So I, they didn't, they did like they never. What it was, what was very interesting to me though, was not even touching the biological stuff. They, he still has that fear. Like it's still the paranoia that you see in number three, where he's like, "Need to be more safe. Need to be more safe." Yeah, you know, and yeah, more yeah. suits, more suits, and that's still driving him in this movie, which I thought was really cool. Which is was his undoing in the end. Yeah, I think it's interesting. They it's- never, qu- at least from my understanding, they never quite understand that little gap between Tony Stark unleashing whatever's in the Infinity Stone. In the you know in the in the yeah, in the, well, the Loki Pokey as you as you called it the, yeah well that's the Kevin Smith title for it the Loki Pokey the Loki Pokey and and like them saying well, but that, it wasn't assimilating and then it did uh, so I think maybe it's like it's like it's kind of that it's kind of ambiguous like is it Tony Stark's fault I mean it kind of is but like yeah there's there's some mystical shit going on but then I guess he let it loose so oh there's there's so much here I mean okay number one I think it's brilliant that James Spader is doing Ultron you go into the cinema. And and people are telling you, oh, James Spader plays this snarky robot, snarky. And it, it doesn't even occur to you until you see the movie how perfect it is that James Spader is playing a snarky robot because he comes out of Tony Stark. Like, yeah. this is yeah. everything that's in Tony Stark. It's actually quite amazing. Yeah, and, it's his and, humor and everything. And when he drops the line to um, the Andy Serkis character... Who I think has a name, but it wasn't. Oh, they touched on it in the movie, but yeah. I've, he's got—he's the one with the brand on the back of his neck, and he's yeah, the dealer of like the vibranium. Diplomatic immunity. <laughs> that one. The South African. The South African. Okay. Okay. <laughs> he. Um. That's how I get into the accent as well. Yeah. So yeah. We all do it. He, Lethal, Lethal Weapon Three is the reference. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, number two. Number, number two. Le- Sorry. Oh two. God, I didn't get my. Um, Sorry, <laughs> no, that's all right. I forgive you. Lethal Weapon Three was the uh, the armor piercing bullets one. All oh, right, was boring. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, um, how dare you? How, how dare how I? How very dare you? Uh, but he drops that line, and and the Andy Circus characters are like, "That's a Tony Starkism," and he's like, "Don't you dare say that to me!" Which oh, was be- and that's so beautiful. He, yeah. he whacks his arm off, and he's like, "Yes, he cuts <laughs> his arm off." I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You'll be fine. You'll be oh, fine. That was man. that was beautiful. Yeah. Also funny because I guess like kids are like, "I'm not like my dad. I'm not like my mom. Whatever that kind of stuff." It, it tells you so much about the character too that it's this artificial intelligence, but it's it you know. There's something missing emotionally. Yeah. Well, I, well they, there's a great line in there that's something like um, his um, his homicidal tendencies that he thinks are, make up his winning personality. Something like that. Yeah. Which is like, yeah, oh my God, that's why he's like so messed up. He thinks that's why he's so great. Uh, oh, God. I mean, yeah, what a terrifying portrayal of the singularity of, of, of artificial intelligence. And Tony Stark must have been doing something right when he created Jarvis. Yeah. In what, a, the, what a great guy. What a great guy. Jarvis the, is a great guy. Like, even when you break Jarvis, Jarvis is like... Like, it, like they recover Jar- Jarvis at a late stage in the movie. And it's like, Jarvis was doing all this good without realising it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, jeez, Jarvis. This is innately good. Hey, oh, this is a question. When they'll say, oh, there's someone out there, someone out there working for us. Did you come up with a list of people or some ideas? You're like, oh, could it be this person? I, I thought to myself, it has to be Jarvis. Okay. I, oh, that's I knew Paul Bettany was coming up later. In oh, the, you knew. I didn't know. Yeah, and I was like, you know, they, uh, this, this is what's beautiful to me. 
And if you're a film nut, right, you'll have heard the whole, you'll, you'll be up to speed on it. Teal, right? And was it blue and orange? Is teal blue? Is teal the blue one? Yeah. And you see in all the movie posters, it's blue and orange, blue and orange, blue and right. orange. Right. Well, as in what you're saying is lots of posters, yeah, have yeah, that, yeah, yeah. those strong dominant colours in them. You see the Transformers movies, blue and orange, blue and orange, blue and orange. And it's that, you know, there's a science behind it. Uh, all the movies are colour corrected and blue and orange are the best ones because of all the white people facial tones, you know. And the I love that in this movie- mm. You have blue and orange as characters who are fighting against <laughs> each other. It's that's per- a great it's, point. It's perfect. Oh, that's amazing. To the point where, like later on, I feel like you you you're you're with it intellectually, but you've got Vision and the last remaining Ultron bot talking in a in a glade or whatever. And I'm like, it's it's almost a shame that it's not those blue and orange cubes anymore that they or they don't even allude to it and. I, I suppose you do. What would you do? Zoom into their head, CSI style, and it's blue and orange. But that's that's stupid and well, boring. Well, they do show that when when that. Jarvis burns out his connections to the internet. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, that that's true. That's true. Uh, that's quite cool. I was thinking, God, I thought like the idea of creating a, a missile, an asteroid, by lifting. Sorry, I'm talking about like the end game of the yeah, whole yeah, thing. Yeah. Just let's go straight cut straight to that. That's kind of an ingenious like. Because, you know, like you see in the Terminator movie, and that's not too, too dissimilar at all, uh, singularity, it's 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 that whole thing of, it's, oh, it's almost become a trope, I'd say it's a trope now, really, of uh, robots are invented, artificial intelligence, two different things, but yep. artificial intelligence, their mission is to keep everyone safe, this is what Skynet is, it's just yeah. exactly the same, yep. they realise the best way to keep humanity safe is by killing everyone. Uh, and that kind of happens sort of in the Matrix as well. It's all this, it's, although it's self-preservation for the AI in the Matrix. Um, but it's like, it's usually like, oh, nuclear codes, which I guess that was the thing. It was nuclear, but they yeah. took that out of it. And yeah. so how do you destroy the human race? You lift just a big lump of rock out of the ground and then dumping it. Because I was, I was confused for the first little bit. I'm like, wait, what are they building? They haven't shown it to I don't, I don't get it. What are, are they building a machine? A monster? What? No, they're just lifting a huge amount of rock out of the ground. Which is... Oh. So simple, but so perfect. And the, it's it's a beautiful set piece for your Act yeah. 3, because like this is this floating island of like terrible robots yeah. that you're on this island killing them at the same time as we're trying to work out how do we not make this island, you know... Full like an astro. I I love that the Ultron robot. It's like it could, it, as you say, we've seen the robot. You know, want to destroy hum, humankind things so many times before. Yeah, but there was a dimension here about like evolution, which mm. I really liked. Which was like when the Scarlet Witch gets into Ultron's brain is all like, what? <laughs> Hang on, you didn't tell us. You know, you're gonna. Well, it goes into the Vision's brain, doesn't it? Which I guess is my oh. extension. That makes sense because biological, she couldn't get into Ultron's yeah, brain. Yeah, but it's I guess the extension of what Ultron was becoming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, that yeah, that oh, you, that's locked in a place for me. That now makes sense. But she sees the plan. She's like, "What? This is a bad plan." And he's all like, "It's so childlike. It's so beautiful." When you see him later on on the train, and he says to you know, he says to her, "Wonder, you need to get out of here, or you'll die." Like, you get a sense he. Likes her, mm. 
Mm. And and when she finds out about all this stuff that's going to happen, he's not, you know, oh, no, my plan, you know, twirls his moustache and, and throws his cape over his shoulder. Now you must die. Kind of. He's all like, no, 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 it's cool. Let me explain. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I'm, you know, this is a good thing because people are only going to get stronger and better and, you know, for, like, in other words, if you keep throwing Armageddon-level events at people- you know, the ones that survive are going to be the good ones. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, that is that is terrifying. Uh, I mean, I, like, this action's... I don't know how they managed to conceive of it, but, like, I would I would argue this set piece, this big final third act, better than... I'm saying it better than Avengers. I'm saying, actually, I reckon I like the whole movie. The whole movie better than Avengers I, yeah. 1. Well, Whoa. A- a- Avengers... One to me seemed very loose, mm. and then like the end is a knot. Like they tie it up into a knot at the end of like, even if you don't know what's going on by the end, you're like, okay, I understand that they've saved the day somehow, whatever. Yeah. Whereas this, I I felt like it was like a team. Like I guess that's the the gag is that the first one is the how they become a team, mm. and the second one is like they're a team from the start. And there's, like, there's friction. Oh, is there ever friction between the captain and Tony Stark? And we all know where that's headed, don't we, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah, I wonder if they'll maybe dedicate a movie to that. Have you seen There are so many memes popping up now about... And if you're unaware, there are future plans. Marvel is going to do a Civil War storyline. For Captain America, yeah. So that brings Captain America and Iron Man into conflict with each other. Mm. At least I believe it does in 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 comic book storylines. Is that yeah, right? yeah. I, although that, I'm just thinking, is that a similar sort of storyline to the Batman vs Superman? Oh yeah, in a way, because Captain America is all very government, 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 and and Tony Stark is oh. all. Oh, that's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see the differences between God, how do you they handle both that? come out next year. Oh, well, civil civil war would be more than a year away, wouldn't it? I don't know. I'm going to look this up while you keep talking. <laughs> uh, but what I love is that you're seeing a flurry of memes now about um, Captain America says one thing and Tony Stark says another thing, and then you just get the logo, Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> and one of my favourite ones was um, when they did the... Did you see that dress that came out? It was either blue or black. Oh, yeah, or yeah. white and gold. <laughs> Civil oh, <man>. War. <laughs> no, 2016. 20 okay. Wow, that's very... Soon for Civil well, in a War. Year, in a year. A year, a year and six days. A year and six days. My gosh. They are coming so thick and well, so Well, they've fast. got a lot to punch out in the next phase. It, what is interesting to me about the Marvel experience is that in, to a certain degree, Iron Man was a risk. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and we are so far away from that now. Yeah. Like, they, it's almost like they are too big to fail. Because if, yeah. like, a Marvel movie... Fa- and And... They could they could release something tomorrow that was a piece of poo, and it would make money. But then piece of poo too might not make. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I mean the Thor movies. So <laughs> well, I I haven't seen they're, Thor they're too. They're the least strong. Yeah, they're, I, I'm not, say they're weak. No, they are. They I think the Thor movies are the least interesting of the Marvel movies. And you know it's interesting because I went to see number one uh, with the with the girlfriend, and she was not taken by the Thor one. Yeah, she did not have a lot of time for it. And yet, I you watch Avengers now, and you say so much of this was set up by Thor one. 
And, yeah, and you they then... introduced Loki, and they it's, it was a necessary piece of the puzzle. Yeah, but... Sta- Stellan Skarsgård. Ska- Skarsgård. I totally butchered that. Yeah. Stellan Skarsgård. The, the professor. Yeah, they set it all up because Loki becomes the... As well as, that's the first time you see the Infinity Gauntlet, as in yeah. Thor 1. Oh, the actual but, Infinity Gauntlet is in it. Yeah, but you, you only see it, like, you know, it's only uh, the rabbit eye fans that go, I did, did you see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, important, if people don't know, the Infinity Gauntlet is where all these... Oh, man. Should we explain, explain oh, this yeah. real quick? So, or, every time you've seen something bright and shiny in a Marvel movie, it's yep. probably an Infinity Stone, which Thanos, the big purple dude, is trying to collect. The Infinity Gauntlet is what you put them all in. And then, in theory, pretty airtight theory, Infinity Wars... Yeah, the, yep. the next two Avengers films is when Thanos will probably get all the Infinity Stones and fuck some shit up. Is that mm. a pretty fair summation of I, where this yeah, series is going? Yeah, I feel like it's kind of like one stone is for fire, one star is for water. Uh, one's for heart. One's for heart. <laughs> and if Thanos gets a hold of it, he is Captain Planet, which is <laughs> which is terrible for He's our Captain planet. Pollution. Captain, he is Captain Pollution. <laughs> to explain it in planetary terms. Oh, boy. Yeah, about, it was funny how many people were disappointed there wasn't a post credit scene in our cinema. Well, I mean, that there is a mid credit scene. Which is scene. Thanos again. Yeah, which which is like the progression of, like, the first Avengers movie had a bit of Thanos, and everyone's walking out saying, who the hell is Thanos? Yeah, like, get Googling, like, Wikipedia. The, the fact that we are name-dropping Thanos and you're like, I have no problem with this whatsoever means that you saw that scene and said, who the hell is that guy with the big jaw? And and looked it up, probably. Because well, he's now, he played quite a part in, oh, he was in Guardians quite a bit, I think. Yeah, oh, well, he and was also, sitting down. Also thought. Two, I want to say. Oh, I well again. I haven't seen Thor two. He's in Thor two. Thor two. I, did you see him in Thor two? Because isn't Idris Elba? I think he got introduced in Thor two. He was in one. I was he in one as well. Yeah. Okay. yeah, I remember he gets frozen in one, and just through sheer will alone, like he's that much of a badass that I he's don't like. Know if he's alive or dead, to be honest, there's so many characters to keep tabs on. Oh, I don't there know if is. that's. I don't know if that's what that vision that Thor was having of. Because Idris yeah. was in there. I don't know if that was a guilty, oh, he died. I can't remember. So much. It's kind of, yeah. I kind of feel like Idris is wasted. I wish he'd be something else. Well, whatever we do, let's not spoil Thor 2 for Anthony. You've gone and watched another movie later on in the series. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. You can do that. Loki gets free and some shit happens. I don't know. D- well, d- I knew that from the trailer. I knew yeah. that he had to probably get out. Don't bother. Don't bother. Just go watch Guardians of the Galaxy again. What is all this? This is nonsense. Anyway. I, it was interesting to me. We were talking about the twins and they were, uh, you know, they had allegiance to Russians. Oh, it was the Hydra guy with mm. the mm. monocle. Well, it's interesting because this is all mostly following on from the Captain America, right? So it turns out the S.H.I.E.L.D. had been infiltrated by Hydra. So Spo- S.H.I.E.L.D. was Spoilers all- for Captain America 2. No, if you're no, okay. If you're watching Avengers, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. all following on from the movies. I know, but I see the, like me not having seen Thor two, and I do play in a set because Christopher Eccleston is no, in it. Okay, if you're watching, if you're listening to this, you've seen Avengers two, which means you've watched all the other ones. Because why would you well, watch Avengers two without? seeing If you've them? listened to this and just had Captain America two spoiled for you by Paul, don't worry. That's the most. Spoil like all the other ones. I imagine I haven't seen Thor two. 
All the other ones can't be spoiled to the same extent, I would imagine. Iron Man 3, I don't think, plays any part. I, I just realised I spoiled the ending of Iron Man 3 by saying he gets the shrapnel taken oh, out. Oh, that's a... Well, yeah, but again, spoil. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. But it was... Yeah, they did that. It was necessary to wrap up his story, because it was like, we, they're not going to make an Iron Man 4. Is there going to be a point, because, like, up until Avengers 2... I feel like you need to watch all the movies to understand all that story. Yeah. Is there a point where they tie a bow on that story and start a new one? I think that's here. Well, I like it's that final, is it the final shot or one of the final scenes where they go like, hey, Avengers, let, you know, hey, Avengers. Oh, it's literally the final scene. It's what yeah. Captain America says. Well, yeah. It comes I- to credits. And they showed, like, the new lineup of the Avengers. Yeah, I, I like that, because it's kind of like you could not see any one of those people in that room ever again and still be content. But it was yeah. it was a great, like, to me, the standout of that is the Scarlet Witch. Like, I'm excited about her. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and, and I'm a little sad, to be honest, that we're, that Peter doesn't, you know, survive. Yeah, I'm surprised that they weren't going to do, like, a twist, like, no, we rebuilt his body using that, you know... Special plastic, machine. yeah, strange plastic stuff. Yeah, he he died, died. I guess because like it'd be weird. Now. Like they could bring him back, but it would be like, oh, he was alive all along, but we just didn't show him in the final scene. I guess would be that what that was if they brought it back. Yeah, I don't know. I like the character. I mean, as much I liked him even more in X Men: Days of Future Past. He's very funny in that. Yeah, oh, it was he was like a one scene wonder in that. He's incredible, yeah, incredible. Um, and there are a lot of people saying, how can you top that in this movie? And I, I don't feel like I ever got to the stage where it was like they were in direct competition. They, yeah, they played it differently. They that's, played it different. And I, I like this one because it was like, as well as when you get a character that's bad at the start and you know later on it's going to, you know, you get an inkling. I had an inkling from the trailer. They're going to be good towards yeah, the yeah. end. Um. Like, there is a tendency sometimes to be annoyed by the bad at the start because you're like, you're just creating mess for yourself. (laughs) You're going to have to clean this all up later. Your ledger. Uh, You're putting red in your ledger. Exactly right. As the Scarlet Witch would... uh, Not the Scarlet Witch, as as, uh, the Black Widow would call it. That's interesting. We're going to have to be careful not to confuse Scarlet Johansson with the Scarlet Witch. Oh, yeah, that's what I was doing. Oh, my God. So many colours, so many names. With the Black Panther, with the... Oh, oh my God. It can go on for ages. So, Black Panther's one of the movies coming up, which we realised. I looked up. He comes from Wakanda. 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 I don't know how to say that name. Obviously, it's made up, so it doesn't matter. Um, Where? Well, that's where the Vibranium comes from. So, that's nice. The first introduction of Wakanda, and it's like, oh... Now, I don't know if this is an argument like who would win in a foot race between Superman and the Flash. I mean, obviously the Flash. But what is stronger? Is it vibranium or adamantium? Because they're both Marvel metals. Yeah, that's very interesting. I don't know. And and I feel like if it is adamantium, that's bad. I thought adamantium was meant to be the strongest... Well, that yeah, that's true. But if that were true, that would mean that Wolverine could claw through Captain America's shield. Maybe you can. Well, yeah, I guess, but that's not satisfying. But, I mean, it would make sense in a way that if it's, like, neither of them is meant to be the most superior, because adamantium is stronger, yeah. but vibranium is, like, more versatile. This is oh, such a okay. nerdy chat, do you realise? So, we're talking about the physical properties of two made-up substances. Yeah. Like, it's not it's not who would win out of a fight of Batman and Superman. It's who would win a fight out of two made-up... You know what I get excited about, though? And yeah. this is, like, I loved 
the first two X-Men movies. I didn't yeah. mind the third X-Men movie, but I thought that was a different kind of X-Men movie. Yeah. Um, but the the thing that I noticed was that when you start getting the superhero movies that people are going to see and taking seriously, they're very... Um, and we've seen it taken up to 11 now, real world. You know what I mean? Like mm. all of the fanciful stuff is replaced with science. And inst- yeah. instead of like in the X-Men are a fantastic example because it, it becomes evolution. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a story about mutation, evolution, as opposed to, I believe in the comic books, there was some fancy alien magic that, you know, influences the mutations and blah, blah, blah. But what I find very interesting is we've been on a journey from Iron Man to Avengers 2 now. Mm. And you see the the Scarlet Witch turn up, and she's using magic voodoo. It's telekinesis. Tele- well, telekinesis, well, that's the interesting you can thing. say it's, that. It's, what's what they call it. Yeah. No, but I was thinking about this, because I was like, what is this red stuff? But I guess, effectively, the red stuff is just a cinematic way of displaying telekinesis. But what- well, yeah, there's that. But what I, what I really dig, and this is what I like about Thor, is Thor has brought this into- the MCU, if you will. Yeah. Because um, I, there's some drop-away line in the first Thor where it's like... And and this is the classic line. I, I know there there's great science fiction stories about, you know, our, people on our sort of advanced level going and, and meeting, you know, cavemen and cavemen are like, what is this magic? You know, mm. you, you have fire in your pockets. It's like, no, it's, it's just a lighter or whatever. That uh, to any... Um, Sufficiently, uh, or, or whatever the opposite of advanced is, to any um, civilization that's not advanced, uh, science looks like magic. Right. I took a long time to get there, and and you know what's aggravating is you knew where I was going. And you were like, just get the words, Anthony. Yeah. Get well, the- it makes sense because everything looks like magic to you. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> like, wow, got away with that one. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll cut onto it later. I'll be really angry then. What, what I'm saying is I'm that sorry, I feel bad now. No, 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 that's good. It's like shooting fish in a barrel. It's wonderful with magic. Um, Iron Man's repulses. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. he holds up his hand and a comes out, and you fly across the room. <laughs> yeah. And then Scarlet Witch with her telekinesis, she holds up her hand and a red comes out, and you fly across the room. And it's like. We have reached a point where Marvel is pulling magic on us, mm. and we're not questioning it, and I love that. Well, it's interesting that um, it was Kevin Feige, I think, who's like the like, head of Marvel, he basically- I, I believe it's pronounced Figgy. Figgy? Figgy. <laughs> it's not pronounced Go Figgy. bring us some Figgy pudding. <laughs> is that your one-up on me? Is that you getting me back? Is that- uh, no, no. Not a, I, I would never dream of getting you back, Paul. Figgy. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think he was talking about how he's like, there's the cosmic universe, there's the galactic universe, there's the, like, we're gonna go into, the great thing is because, like, we've now accepted, like, it's really, they have to have to take the the audience, the cinema going public, on a journey through the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's exactly what you're talking about. They're slowly opening doors and be like, oh, also there's this. Are you cool with that? And we we go, oh... And we kind of, like, hold Captain America's hand and we go, well, we cool? Yeah, okay, we're cool with that. And then Captain America and someone else, like, you know, walks us through another door and go, oh, what's what's that? And then we hold on our hands to everyone else that's with us. And we're like, oh, that's a bit weird. That's, yeah. a, that's a talking raccoon. I don't know if... 
Yeah, go on, have a talking raccoon. To, to the point where it's like Marvel opens the door and it's the Red Room of Pain and, and you're like, uh, Marvel, I'm not sure if I... And Marvel's like, come on, you come, you've come this far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know... You- so that's the thing is that they're slowly opening up all these different universes. It's all within the one, but it's like they got to get cosmic, they got to get galactic, they got to go magical, they got to get fanciful, there's got to be all sorts of stuff. And I like that fancy is back on the table. I yeah. remember late 80s, fantasy was a big thing. Like, I'm, this is even before Lord of the Rings, where Lord of the, the Rings put fantasy, you know, on on the centre stage, spotlight, you yeah. know, Oscars. They, they won Oscars. But um, but fantasy was like a big... I remember growing up in, in the late 80s, mm. fantasy was like... Like a big deal, like that Jim Henson, like that was a big name to to everyone of that sort of generation yeah, yeah. who had taste. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 then you go through an age of enlightenment of like, oh no no no, we don't believe in those fanciful things. Mutants is evolution. <laughs> that's that's where mutants come from. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, well, if you say so, I'll it's go. It's also the Nolan effect of like, let's make everything grounded and let's make everything realistic. And then it's like, well, that was good. That was really great what he did with yeah. it. He gave, he gave superheroes a breath of fresh life, whatever that Pretty, yeah. <laughs> mixing metaphors there. But at the same time, okay, we've done the grounded, but now we can we can we've we've lost the camp. Yeah, but we've re- maintained the fantastic. And you kind of, I don't know, you look at how amazingly they're building the Marvel Universe and you kind of go, DC, I don't Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you're doing it right. I, you know, I hold out hope, but I... I yeah, I would love nothing yeah. more than for there to be, to be a successful D, just DC... What's that, DCCU? <laughs> yeah, DCA, I guess it would so that's be. That's a detective cinematic universe. You know what? I re- I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and you can shoot me in the face with... <laughs> With telekinesis, if I'm saying the wrong thing. But um, I felt like DC had a really good run with the Christopher Reeve Superman movies, the Michael Keaton Batman movies, and Val Kilmer and George Clooney. Um, (laughs) But um, Marvel, you know, when Marvel came out, what it was was really cool about Marvel was the flipping the pages and, and the Marvel logo sits in and it's the red, it's the big red Marvel logo. Yeah. In the heyday of DC comics, m- comic movies, you know what I mean? It wasn't that at all. It was they had like in amongst all these, you know, titles and credits, they had a credit that was like based on characters appearing in DC comics. Uh. And that was really sexy to me. Like wow. that okay. to, a, to a certain extent, like I was talking about the fantasy movies. When you see a fantasy movie and one of the credits is special makeup effects by... You know, and and you don't like it. There are people whose names you associate with that kind of credit, but just the fact that a movie has that kind of credit, you say, "I know where I'm. I know what kind of movie this is yeah. now, and I'm happy." And and seeing that credit that based on characters appearing in DC Comics, I was like, "Yeah, boy." Yeah, that was the thing that drove me nuts about the the Christopher Nolan Batman movies that we saw it for the very first time was DC Comics doing the DC logo, and I was like, you're playing catch-up, and you don't need to, you know what right, I mean? You, right. you you have to play your game. Yeah, not- yeah. Anyway, that, this is what I think. I'm not a comics guy. I should mm. also point that out. 
I don't know what I'm talking about. I was just thinking, there's quite a history of Marvel movies. They did... I feel like they've made more than DC. I'm proved... Like, before the Marvel Cinematic Universe started. Yeah, they... They sold a lot of properties out. Yeah. Spider-Man? Yep. Uh, Fantastic Four, X-Men, Punisher, Ghost Rider... Oh, yeah. Daredevil, Elektra... That's just off the top of my head. I'm sure there's others. So they got a lot out compared to what DC has on the table. So I don't know. They, I don't, I don't know. There's no wider point there. It's just an interesting numbers matchup that they. It wasn't Marvel Studios, obviously, but just Marvel got. But also, I don't know what the deal was. Is it is does DC now have their own? They have their own TV um, film studio that's making all these new ones. Right. Yeah, well, yeah. But did that start with Man of Steel? Did that start with the Christopher Nolan ones? Well, Man Man of Steel was very much... Because there was Superman Returns, yeah. um, which was the most recent one up until Man of Steel. And that really didn't hit, like... Yeah, yeah. The, um, you know, that was Brian Singer who did the X-Men movies, the first two X-Men oh, movies. Oh, wow. Um, Interesting. So that a lot of people had a lot of reasons to be it's excited. Like, it was like two thousand six or something, wasn't it? I that sounds about so that right. That would have been after X, the first X Men's, and and that was. Uh, I feel there's a trend now. We're seeing it with um, Alien Five. Yeah, where I think there was a plan that that was Neil Blomkopf, mm. Blomkopf, Blomkopf, Schwarzkopf. No, no, <laughs> Figgy. Neil Figgy. No, no, no. Um, the fantastic director, Neil B, uh, was talking about, I'm going to do an alien movie that does number one and it does number two, and then we skip three and four, and then we go straight to my one. Mm. And um, and I think he, you know, people have sort of questioned him on that, and he's had more of a dialogue. But um, that happened with the Superman movie, the the 2006 Superman Returns, oh. where it was continuing on from number two. Really? And- I didn't even know that. Interestingly enough, it was continuing on from a number two that wasn't genuine, ge- generally released. It was a Richard Donner cut of a movie. What? This is so obscure. Oh, did you? Oh, this is, fan- this is a fantastic story. So, Richard, they actually shot Superman 1 and Superman 2 at the same time. Right. And they're, they're halfway through, you know, editing the movies and whatever. And Superman 2, 1 gets released and it's a big, big hit. And the producers say, okay, Richard Donner, who's our director for number one, uh, we don't need you anymore. So, we'll see you later. And he's all like, well, this this isn't cool. And they shut the door on him. And then they get another guy to... I, I There might have been a disagreement. There might have been a, we want you to do this. And he's all like, well, I'm not going to do that. And now, this like, is back in like the 80s, is it? Uh, the 70s. Oh, shit. Okay. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, so, they get another director to finish his movie. A lot of the stuff is stuff that he has filmed. So, in order to, you know, regu- rules and regulations, um, in order to be classed as the director of that movie, he needs to go out and shoot a certain amount himself. Right, right. And he changes the tone of the movie so it's a little bit more ha-ha. Like, you know, you see Superman 2 and it doesn't strike you as particularly ha-ha. You see Superman 3 and you're like, "Uh uh-huh, that is the ha-ha that is started (laughs) off in (laughs) Superman 2. 
So uh, there is an actual cut of Superman 2 where it's people have tried to conserve as much of the Richard Donner stuff as wow. possible. But, for example, Gene Hackman only ever worked with Richard Donner. And when they said we're changing directors, Gene Hackman said, well, you're also changing Lex Luthor's because I'm not coming back. Oh, wow. So all of the Gene Hackman stuff is Richard Donner stuff. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And then- Brian Singer decided that for Superman Returns, yeah, he would continue on from the Richard Donner version. So like, abs- such an obscure thing. Like, yeah, like- well, well, that is you watch that movie, Superman Returns. It it does feel like a very obscure. Like, if you just think about the sheer number of people, thirty years later, how many people watched the original? Yeah, and oh, then there's- you know, thirty years later, watch the next one or whatever. The- I mean, obviously, people can watch it in the meantime. But you know what I mean? Like, it's just like. That it's not in the consciousness of people at yeah. all. It's just. Uh. But what what is really great about Superman, um, and it hasn't really been captured in Man of Steel. Like a lot of people, a lot of people were really upset about the ending of um, Man of Steel, and I'm I'm kind of on that boat too. I can't which remember is how it ends. Pe- people, well, it basically ends with bye bye Metropolis. So oh, he leaves. He, I, I'm I was not, in Metropolis is destroyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, that's well. That was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean the the death toll is catastrophic, and um and and there's Max Landis. Max Landis is on YouTube. He's the son of um you John this Landis. Guy a lot, oh, just twice. That's all. This is the second time. It's like eight times. It's two, two and eight are two not the same. Two times eight. Anyway, he he did this video and it, it summed it up perfectly. It was so brilliant that it was basically this is what Superman is. And this is why you haven't captured him well in Man of Steel, which is like Batman does what he does because his parents were killed. Yeah. And he doesn't want anyone else to suffer that. Spider-Man does what he does because his uncle was killed and he feels guilt and responsibility. Yeah. And he doesn't want anyone to feel that. Superman does what he does because he's a really cool guy. <laughs> Like this is the thing about Superman is that all these other all these other superheroes have had misfortune to them and they're like that has taught me to be good. Superman just knows don't be bad. It's like not, it's not because he's the last of his kind or anything yeah. like that. Well, Which that, he is, well, right? Well, like it's more or less. It's the ultimate immigrant story as well. <laughs> like that's that's a whole other. Wasn't story. he? Isn't he? Wasn't he written as? He was like written by some Jewish writers as like kind of meant to be a champion of like the Jewish community in America. Yeah, as That's well. My understanding, and the, and it's like the Moses story of like right. sending your little baby down on a raft down the river, kind oh, of. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, which huh. is a very strong parallel. Should we dr- draw this back to Avengers? Oh well, I mean, this is like, I I I. What can you say? What more can you say about the Avengers? I, they did very well. I just want to say, like, so, again, so funny. Like Joss Whedon's just oh, yeah. on point. In terms of humour. And everyone gets a go. I feel like everyone gets a punchline here or there. And it's not even, like, hacky, jokey joke. Well, some of the thing is, is, like, some of it is kind of campy jokes on people. That then the rest of the characters make fun. Like, the fact that they're making fun of Thor's talking. Or, like, when he's, like, doing, I buy the breast of my power, blah, blah, blah. I've run out of things to talk. Like, that's so... Yeah, yeah. Like, Joss Whedon is great at celebrating and undercutting everything that's great about the characters for, for like, great humour. I did like they recreated that shot a little bit because there's that shot in Avengers in the fight scene in the original where the Hulk punches Thor. 
Yes, like to the yep, side yep. And then they did that again this time But it was Iron Man punching Hulk to the side that, Which was great That was just great comedy Where like Iron Man lays down on Hulk And then just for half a <laughs> second You see his face and just say I'm sorry <laughs> Was it because he, he like hit a, hit a tooth out or something? Yeah I thought there was something like that But I just like that Go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep <laughs> So oh. and, um, One of my favourite things is when you can Hide plot points as jokes, yeah, because and this is what Back to the Future did re- really well. Like, if you look at that script and the way that that script works, yeah, but it's like if you do a joke in Act One and then you come back to it in Act Three, like it, it actually was an important thing that the screenwriters made you remember, yeah, because you laughed so hard at it right, in, right. in Act One. I was really impressed they did that with Thor's hammer. Yes, that was very wrong. That it was like the joke at the start of like, how funny is this? You know, you're not worthy unless you can pick it up. And then you've got the vision like, there's no possible way I can prove to you that I'm good at heart. Now, here's your hammer. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so good. I'm only actually quite getting that now. Like, I realized later on they mentioned it a third time. At the end, they're like, oh, he picked up the hammer, therefore he's good. So, I clicked in then. I didn't realise that was in the dialogue there. I kind of thought it was just a funny moment of just like, well, let's get to work. And then just him casually holding the hammer. That was funny enough as it was for me. Yeah, yeah. Without me really even realising the dialogue that had preceded it. Um, <laughs> just, just, because, <laughs> no, oh, this is that beautiful thing of like, he does he know what he's doing? <laughs> he's just, uh... Vision was very interesting because he his face looked. I mean, because he what, what's going on? He's like made of plastic. He's made of well, Syn- he's synthetic like, bio. Oh, he's got the vibranium his all through body him. and vibranium. That's the thing. You keep saying plastic. Was it? Did they say it was plastic, but it meant to feel like flesh? Yeah. Well, that's they were talking. Uh, they didn't was- really mention what it was. I thought that it was actually like flesh, flesh. So it's actually yeah. rebuilding flesh. Like synthetic flesh, I don't know. All, it's I, weird. all I know is that Barton was a little bit ooh about it, and his wife is like, "No, that doesn't. That's not you. That's not a part of you." Yeah, I think it's meant to be. Yeah, I guess some sort of synthetic that is as good as flesh. Yeah, functions like as it's like you're. I don't know. It's, it's, it's it is in, it is interesting though, and this is what Ultron sort of brings up, and they they touch on it, and they they I don't know if they went full bore on it. But it's kind of like the role of the superhero, and this was the whole argument with Man of Steel, is that heroes are becoming more about how how much damage can we stop rather than the, let's stop all the damage. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. let's save the day versus let's save, you know, three quarters of that building. But um, what's, what's really interesting is, like, the role of the hero mm. is... To preserve the status quo. And then when you say, if the status quo is bad, and I guess this sort of bleeds into not only Batman versus Superman, but also Civil War, yeah. is like, if if you are fighting to keep the system, you know, in where it is, but if the system is in a bad place, you're not fighting for the right thing. Like, right, you're right. Richard Nixon. Well, that was like Tony Stark's. So it was like that that argument of well, uh, it was Ultron versus Tony Stark of of Tony Stark wanted wanted peace or protection, whereas Ultron's like, no, 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 we want peace through improving. 
yeah, and that, race. Yeah. That, was, that was really interesting what Captain America was talking about. Is it like, if you try to stop the war before it starts, innocent people die. Yeah. Which is like, oh, that, that's like, you know, oh, that was beautiful to me. Just absolutely perfect. Which is, which yeah. is true drama when two sides of the argument both are correct. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? I'm just trying to read up a bit on the vision. I never, but yeah, okay. That, that it looks like the history of the vision is fairly consistent with the comic books, which is that Ultron creates him. Um, interestingly, he's been uh, at one point member of the Defenders. I don't know oh. how many other characters have been that we've already seen in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but the Defenders is going to get a TV series on Netflix soon, uh, with its first member being Daredevil, who we've just had a TV series from, which I think we mentioned this on the last episode, but. That's it. I didn't know that Daredevil was part of the Defenders. That makes sense. Yeah, me. yeah. So, or yeah. De- yeah. So, def- it'll be Daredevil, aka Jessica Jones, uh, and the other ones that I always forget. Um, but all these, there's going to do all those TV series for Netflix, so 13 episodes each or something, and then it'll all culminate in a Defenders TV series. Oh my god! Much like all these Avengers. So it's basically following the pattern of how the Avengers had all these movies and then an Avengers movie, but they're doing it with TV series where they can kind of play out the origin story. Over the course of thirteen episodes, so it's, and I kind of like it in that these with Daredevil, it's not like it's not origin story first episode, then Daredevil kicking butt for twelve episodes. He's still kicking butt for twelve episodes or thirteen, but it's all his origin story right up until kind of. I mean, I don't know if it's a spoiler alert to say it basically takes the whole show to give his origin story. Yeah, yeah, in a very cool way, uh, which I think is really interesting that they've gone okay. This is successful in movie form. Let's do like that's pretty visionary. I think. To, yeah, that is good. I know that I'm. I know that I'm like. I, I never want to be like an absolute fan of anything in the sense of being yeah. like you know take my money. I believe in whatever you do, kind of thing. Well, it's kind. Of, I'm prepared to let them grow and blossom and become a bigger thing. Always wary of. Don't get complacent about this. Yeah. Like that's what impresses me about Avengers too. Is that it doesn't need to be a good story to make all this money. It is a good story. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, well, let's say, okay, what, what were the downsides of this movie? Let's give it some, let's give it some things we didn't like. I can't, I don't know anything. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I mean, there's like a midpoint in the movie where, um, there are so many threads going on. And, yeah. and you can see, like, uh, X Men 2. There was an argument at that stage that there were too many characters doing too many things. Yeah. And I didn't feel that at all when I saw X-Men 2. Okay. So, like, it's interesting to me. And then you go to X-Men 1, which for a lot of people, that's a big deal kind of movie. For me, felt really slow. Right. Really, like... Snail space, you know what well, I mean? Well, I think the pacing for this was pretty full. Like, the fact that... I was thinking about the fact they went to that retreat. We find out that Hawkeye has a family. Okay, that's an interesting... I mean, it's like... It was just... It was a useful plot point to be able to have to go to the safe house. And, well, actually, that, it's nice because they set it up. I thought he was going to be some kind of mole because there's that point where he doesn't have a girlfriend. They set that up. Yeah. He, said, he says, I don't have a girlfriend. Then he gets called on the phone, I think, by Captain America. Like, oh, who are you chatting to? My girlfriend. You're like, oh, oh no, Hawkeye's got to be a... He's a mole. He's because we already know he doesn't have a girlfriend. Like, oh, I missed that. Yeah. I missed that. He was... When when was that? At some point when they're like they gotta have a meeting or something and they're like, Hey Hawkeye, come come with us. I think it's like I forget exactly where. Yeah. But there's a point anyway where Captain America or it's either Captain America I think it's Captain America that says, Hey, Hawkeye, let's go. 
Um, and he's like, oh, I'm just on a phone call. Who to? Oh, my girlfriend. Oh. And I'm like, oh, no, he's going to oh, double-cross yeah. them because we already know he doesn't have a girlfriend. But how badass was that moment where the Scarlet Witch is about to tap him on the... And he just swings around, arrow straight in the forehead <laughs> and says, I've done that. I've done my- Been there. Yeah. <laughs> no like, thanks. And it's such a great thing of like, they could have just gone there again. He could have got a vision and be like, oh, okay, you're doing it again. But that that's what that what's is what makes him a valuable character. Yeah. And as well it's calling back to the first one, but it's like he's he's it's kind of like you get the poison in your coffee and then you build up the immunity to the don't put poison in your coffee. <laughs> that that's a terrible Only thing. Only a little to do. bit at a time. No, but what you <laughs> you know what I mean? Like whenever a character goes through something terrible. Yeah. And then the next time that terrible thing comes along, it's like Hawkeye knows how to deal with brain yeah, yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's kind of great. Um, but anyway, it was the fact I was going to say the fact they go to the safe house, and I thought it was because when I saw that in the trailer, I'm like, oh, they're going to have to lay low for a while and like build up their arms and their reserves and everything. They literally like touch in for a night and go, oh, this is a safe house. All right, what's it going on again? Bye. <laughs> like it was like there was an element of like, okay, if Ultron is all powerful, he's not all powerful, but the fact that he can be anywhere in theory in the internet. Yeah, it was a, but- there was a, a little aspect of like he should be able to find them on any communications. They should be able to. I don't know. I mean, I guess the argument could be made that Tony Stark had protected everything, but also probably not. Because there, there was like, if I had to nitpick, like I expected there to be a lot more Ultron in a movie called Age of Ultron. Yeah, I expected him to kind of be like any time they use technology, as as he well would be as there. like the people of Earth being affected by. Oh, look at this age that we live in, the age of Ultron, you know? Yeah. But it seemed like Ultron was just this guy that, you know, every now and then you accidentally step into a room and he's having a meeting with someone. You're like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't... <laughs> Wait a minute, Ultron, you yeah. SOB. That's the strange thing is that they, they did convey quite well that he is everywhere. Like, oh, my God, that moment where the Ultron robot head gets crushed and then it's just another Ultron behind him. That was, that was good. So badass. And I, such a, I yeah. could have dealt with more of that. Yeah. And such a great... It's kind of It was kind of the Agent Smith. You know the best thing about being me yeah, is there are so, so many, many. me's. <laughs> and so that, I guess that was a really great way of displaying... To explaining to people, okay, just destroying the body. Because I kind of figure for like cinema goers, maybe not everyone gets the idea of just infinitely replicating programs. So, kind of illustrating in the real world, a physical world, oh, yeah, there can be one and there can be the other, there can be lots of them, and they're all Ultron, sorry. You you know what? And it it didn't end up happening, but I thought I saw a little thing... And keep in mind, I know Paul Bettany is coming up later on as Vision, and I'm thinking to myself, it has to come from Jarvis, probably. I don't know how, but um, when Ultron first appears... And they go, he like, all the robots go after everyone. And one of the robots goes after the doctor lady who does the plastic skin or whatever the mm. skin is that she... And, like, the robot hesitates for a second. And then you see Ultron, the hero Ultron, kind of like, oh, interesting. And what I didn't realise at the time is that he's probably saying, oh, interesting, about the doctor lady. But what I thought was, that's Jarvis inside, and he's oh. fighting back. He's trying to, you know. Well, maybe that is there a little bit. Yeah. I guess that was a little well, indication. Well, there was that thing later on. Ultron's like, do you know why I spared you? And that's where I was like, oh, okay, so it's not Jarvis inside fighting back. But maybe a little bit. Yeah. I, I thought that would have been, that would have been an I'll interesting- i back and look at it. But I wasn't going to say- Oh, I forgot now. What was the point I was making before? 
I don't know. Was it an interest? I know there was a point that I had that was orphaned, which oh, which was no, no, no. It's it's good that we have these discussions and that they go to wild tangential places. We we were talking earlier about the allegiance of the twins. They were uh, you know bowing and whatever to the Hydra guy, and then they were bowing and curtailing to the um, Ultron. Yeah, and to a certain extent, it was like you asked the question: Does the Scarlet Witch? Does she know that Ultron is coming when she lets Tony Stark take the Loki Pokey stick? Because mm. there's a, there's a, she could stop him. She could very easily stop him, but she puts the thing in his head, and and it's almost like she gets a glimpse of his head, and she's like, "Oh, I like this. I'm going to let him take the stick," and you don't kind of know why. Yeah. And there's almost a question of maybe she wants a bit of Ultron to to happen. It's weird of how... Well, that's the thing. She knows that his fear of safety is going to lead him to do terrible things, but it's like... I think she just... I, th- I think it's kind of explained as far as she knows that it will destroy him. Like, yeah. he will be his own undo- undoing, therefore she's happy for him to just let him go and do his thing. I don't know if she thought no knew so far as Ultron. I don't know. But, but what I like about it all is it kind of feels like the big bad of this whole story... Yeah. Is the Loki Pokey stick is is which is the jewel which is now in the Vision's head? Yeah, well, that's the only thing because I explain. Well, the Vision maybe even explains when when they first kind of chat to the Vision. They chat about how it's like it's two sides of a coin. Like it can be immense evil and immense good. Yeah. Um. But then it just turns out it's like, oh no, it's good. Like I just don't really explain why it went that way. Maybe yeah. it's Tony Stark's nature turns it good. I don't. know, Who knows? But you can now go back to the or first- Jarvis, I guess, made it good. Yeah, you can now go back to the first movie and it makes it a bit more sense when Bruce Banner is almost hulking out and he, he looks down and he's holding the stick in his hand and all that kind of stuff. Like, I wonder how much going back in time now would make more sense or that you could, you know, ret- you could you could have a better understanding of what's going on. Right, because that, the stone has a bit of a mind of its own. It's yeah. Doing it's doing its thing. Uh, yeah, we haven't talked about much about... Uh, whole, well, of course, the relationship between that, the yeah, that was interesting because I, I don't think that's been even hinted at. No, before. and I I was much more interested, like going in, like it just said, no, 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 you're interested in Hulk, Black Widow, and I said, okay, Joss, you know what you're doing, I'll go with you. But I was more interested in the bromance between uh, Bruce Banner and Tony Stark. Tony Stark at, coming out of the yeah. first movie, I'm like that is exciting to me that and it it made so much sense that tony stark is a kind of guy that goes up to danger and prods it with an electric cattle prod says (laughs) come on you know measure the results science let's go and that that was very interesting to me but they kind of dropped that in this movie for you know oh it's still there a bit i guess because it's it's basically like tony stark being like go on science let's (laughs) create a monster yeah you and me we're both mad scientists come on yeah yeah but yeah that they did focus a lot more on the which which was interesting it was kind of like a i wouldn't have necessarily put hulk and black widow together yeah because because in the first movie she's terrified of him and it's it's kind of like you need at least one character it's kind of like the uh, there's a name for the trope. Oh, it's Worf, the Worf effect, which is if you have uh, Lieutenant Commander Worf or whatever, the Klingon, if he's like the toughest guy in your ship, and then if someone comes on your ship and then they take down Worf, that automatically makes that character really tough. You know what right. I mean? 
So, so in other words, if Black Widow is afraid of nothing and then she's afraid of Hulk, that means that Hulk's really scary. So, for that, for her to be serving that purpose in the first movie and then fast forward to the second movie and she's all like, you want to, you know, you want to you sneak into the next room? <laughs> <laughs> like, it was like, hang on, what? I went with it. I, you know, I didn't, I didn't mind it. Yeah. Well, I guess because there were no pepper pots in this. Yeah. Very little pepper. Very little pepper. No pepper. Sans pepper. Uh, a little bit of, um, I forget the character name, but a little bit of um, Thor's. That was, oh my God, when they were squaring off about who was better. <laughs> that was uh, hilarious. And I guess- when, when subtext rapidly became text. <laughs> yeah. Jane's better. That's right. <laughs> Her name's Jane. I love, but I, I just a little point, the fact that they showed Natalie Portman's faith just means probably they had to pay Natalie Portman like thousands of dollars. Yeah. I love just those little things. We go, do we want to show a face? Okay, write that up in the budget. We have to pay all this money just for her to- Unless that was in, you know, maybe that's in the contract. We're like, we're allowed to show your face in a movie that you're not in. Natalie Portman's at the ATM. Hey, where did this extra, you know, 10 grand come from? Oh, that's face money. What? Face money? Oh, Marvel. Right, right, right. Avengers. I should see that. <laughs> Some stage. Uh, yeah. She, uh... I was once we very up. I went to the Thor two premiere actually. Oh, you thought in Thor London. Two? I th- I don't know. I didn't even <laughs> thought. I don't. I don't think I thought Thor two. I think I at thought the Thor, Thor two one. Premiere. Yeah. <laughs> no, I had a Thor throat at the time. Did you? So you've seen Thor two? Is Thor two any good? That's all right. I get excited about it because nah. it. It's no 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 no. It's not great. It's the least interesting of all the. Anyway. But Avengers, great. That's the thing, is that Thor is great when in the company of the Avengers. Because well, there's yeah, something well, to undercut yeah. all his bullshit. Thor, Thor's bullshit. Yeah. Thor is bullshit, or he has He's bullshit. not a bad person, it's just like he's boring without the others making fun of him. He's right. great with the others making fun of him and him helping out his pals. I just feel like as him as the god, it's like, well, what's the stakes? Like, he's a god. Who cares? I still don't completely understand the rules of Thor. Like, even in Avengers 2, he goes at some stage to a little cave and he has a little bath and then lightning starts happening. It was something about the spirits, the water spirits. The water spirits. And and that's going on and I'm saying, I, I don't know what And he just brings are. the scientist with him and the scientist yeah. doesn't do anything. Skarsgård yeah. just does nothing. It's like, can you help me with my bath? Do you, do you, <laughs> hey, buddy. <laughs> Do you want to come watch me have a bath? <laughs> That's what that is. He's all like, this is dangerous territory. It's yeah. very dangerous for very me to dangerous. watch you have this bath. You might see my penis. <laughs> you might see Thor's hammer. Yeah, yeah. And I tell you what, you have to be very noble of heart to pick uh, that one up. Speaking of when Quicksilver decides to grab onto Thor's hammer. That was uh, wonderful. Like, it's like Joss Whedon's just thought of everything. He's just like, yeah. what are all the funny combinations and interactions? Like, they do nail a lot of stuff in this movie. I think I'm running out of things to talk about. We've gone for longer than we've ever gone, I think, possibly, for a, for a movie autopsy. Do you have anything yeah, else? I can't. There's nothing much to nitpick. Like, it, it's it's so easy. This is like a movie that's so big that I feel like a lot of crosshairs are on this movie, like, ready to snark. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I have to confess, I come out of it wanting to snark. Like, mm. there's a nasty part of me, that a, a dark, shadowy place, Paul, that I don't talk about at parties. 
that I'm like, oh, I'd love if I had something negative to say about this movie. But I I enjoyed it. I had yeah. a good I had a good time. I even to the point where there are some Marvel movies that I walk out saying, oh, it aggravates me that I have to wait for the next yeah Marvel movie. And some people have been saying that about this one, and I I didn't get that. Like to me, it, they like, have wrapped it up very nicely. It felt like a nice payoff, like even more of a payoff than I was expecting. It's kind of like you see the the new team at the end, that very final scene, yeah. and you're kind of like, oh well, that's my children's Avengers movie coming out, <laughs> you know, for them. You know, what well, I mean? you've got three years. Well, yeah, <laughs> I have to get started. Uh, you can have a couple two-year-olds by then. Oh, uh, I'm sure that that'll be fine. Yeah, I'm sure that'll be fine. <laughs> like it, it is going to get to a stage, and this is what concerns me: where we're all going to be old. You, me, all of us, Paul, all our listeners are going to be old people, like like in suits and ties with mobile phones and briefcases. <laughs> we're gonna have we're gonna have corporate finance <laughs> jobs, yeah, and we're gonna still be going to see Marvel movies because we still have to see how the bloody gauntlet thing turns out. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that's terrifying to me. Like really? I hope, yeah, I hope Marvel realizes that we're growing older, and and I don't know how you'd combat that. Well, I think that's how they with like Daredevil. So I oh think- yeah, I know. I mean, you, you've got your different shades of the Marvel universe, yeah, but I, I think- I'm just saying, like, you've got to build in these. You know, escape. Oh, okay. This is like you could just walk away here and be happy. And and I want to know sure. how newcomers are gonna like. For example, my two year old children. Yeah. Are, like, how are they gonna? You know, you just kind of have to dedicate twenty four hour like a twenty four hour. You're gonna have hour- to sit them down and say, watch Thor one and Thor two. But daddy, I don't want to watch Thor two. No, no, no. Don't listen to your you know uncle Paul. You know what's great, Anthony? <laughs> Wikipedia articles. Oh, right? okay, wow, that's true. If you really don't want to watch the film, but yeah, I wonder if you tally up all the hours of of Marvel now. Yeah, they they're racking some hours up. Yeah, and and they are, like, I don't think they're going to get to a certain point and say, okay, we've made enough movies. God no. You know, so no, they're, they're going to keep, keep going. going forever. Forever. Yeah, and the great thing is, as is like that door analogy that I so expertly crafted, <laughs> they'll keep doing that until they go through all their characters. Yeah. Well, I mean, just look at the Guardians of the Galaxy experiment and how successful that was. Yeah, yeah. As long as there's creative people out there to write and direct their movies, that that's yeah. the thing. They're going to burn through probably directors and writers quicker than they'll burn through... They won't run out of, but they'll yeah. run. They'll burn through more than I, they will burn through their characters. As long as there is music, they'll be coming back again. I don't. I don't get the reference. It's a Backstreet Boys reference. Okay. Do you know the Backstreet Boys? Do you feel comfortable with ending on a Backstreet <laughs> as Boys? As long as there is music, Paul. Hey, um, <laughs> you're a monster, <laughs> and uh, the sun's getting real low. Oh yeah. So I think it's time for a lullaby. What? My my hand, Paul, you... Oh, I'm getting sneezy. <laughs> That's our movie autopsy for Avengers Age of Ultron. We're at Movie Autopsy on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We are on iTunes, Stitcher. Oh, so many places you can get the episodes. So many places you can subscribe. Give us a rating or a review on iTunes. We'd love that. And let us know if there's movies coming up or anything that you'd like us to cover. We will do that for you. Well, hey, Anthony, wake up. You gotta, you, we got to say goodbye now. <sighs> I'm awake. 
Oh, I... <laughs> did I hurt anyone? Uh, just our listeners. Uh, and my and and your dignity. That's fine. I've done worse. <laughs> I'm Paul Culliver. And I'm Anthony McCormack. We'll see you next time. See you then. <laughs> <laughs>